for all those who are in fourth grade and lower. But there is a nursery out there, and there is a family room. So if you want to get this uh, lovely face, here I am. It's actually being streamed live out there in the family lounge. And you can bring your kids out there if you wish to do so and still be able to be in connection with what we're teaching here today. So um, this series is called Freedom in Christ, where obviously we're entering into some very interesting territory. I wish you could actually read. Unfortunately, I have a hard time reading. Uh, it's an extra, extra creative bit of work that Nick has done in, in this slide. Uh, and essentially what he's showing on one side, you know, are, are these fetters and the other side are feathers. And he's saying, are your wings, you know, are they made of fetters or of feathers? <laughs> and, and so uh, I'm inspired by that. And that's what we'll be discussing here uh, today. Are your wings made of something's holding us down? We'll get to this dilemma in just a moment. Just pray with me. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your presence with your children today. What a what a sacred privilege it is to speak into the lives of those that you died for to set free. And I pray today that there will be a real result that will flow from the things that we do. Uh, a very practical, increasing depth of experience and uh, uh, entering into freedom that will occur for many. The freedom that you intend for us, the freedom that you died to provide to us. And I ask uh, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So as a part of this uh, series, we are, it's four, four weeks long, we are, we are offering an incredible resource, I think, and that is for those of you who may have uh, uh, thoughts during the presentation of the message uh, at any time during these four weeks and even in, in days to come, that you may wish to speak with someone uh, get some help with issues that are that you're struggling with, whatever they may be. Um, and we're talking about spiritual issues now. You may have issues that you haven't yet even. Uh, we're not going to do the offering until the end. Okay, yeah. So when uh, Scott comes up to do announcements after after everything, we'll we'll include the offering. But thank you for the reminder. Um, yeah. So we've got we have a mass we've put together a crew of counselors like you would not believe. I mean, skilled, compassionate people who are trained in this area that we're talking about. We've got some specific tools. The specific tool that we're going to be using is, is, is a thing called Steps to Freedom in Christ that's written by Neil Anderson. And each one of our counselors um, has those and access to those. And they'll share that tool with you, and they'll be ready to walk you through um, a, uh, a kind of therapeutic intervention, if you will, to see where there might be. Uh, continuing vulnerability to the influence of evil in your life. And I know that's a big thing, but I'll explain that in a moment. So overall, my goal is simply to introduce this topic today, which may be a brand new topic for some of you. I hope it is. I hope that there are some of you who aren't sure, perhaps, even about your relationship with Jesus. You might just have wandered, stumbled in here today. Uh, I know it's, you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, but it's a long wait, so what are you going to do all day? So you might as well go to church, right? <laughs> and given this topic, victory over the darkness, you can, you can see where all this is going to land, and that is, go Falcons, right? Uh, 
Not really, not really, uh, really. I mean, although it may pre- present as a, as a battle between good and evil for many of us, or some, <laughs> I should say. It isn't, it's just a game, okay, so. But there are, there are real stakes in, in this stuff that we're talking about here that affect all of us. So if you're brand new to the church, if, or if you're sort of marginal in your understanding of all of these things, I'm so glad that you're here, and I want you to know, as I prayed, I consider it a rare privilege indeed to enter into the space of your soul and to speak into your life. And I want you to know that I'm doing this uh, in order to give you the truth of the Word of God so that you can be set free by the power of the gospel. So the the, the overall road that we're going to travel together in this message will be a good news, bad news, good news road. And we'll begin with the good news. When I was young, my dad uh, repeated this to me. I'm in my 20s. I'm far from God. I'd stop over to the parents' house. And as I would be leaving for whatever nefarious activities I I might be about to engage in, I'm getting in my car, I just want to get out of there without this kind of spiritual encounter with my dad and discussion and whatnot. He'd follow me out to the car. I can just see him, you know. Roll down your window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you used to have windows that roll down. <laughs> For some of you, you've never seen those. Like, <laughs> roll down your window. Okay. Uh, the old man peering into the garden. Son, God loves you. God really loves you. He's got an awesome plan for your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was repeated and repeated. It became kind of a cliche, a truism. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't until years later that I discovered that it's actually true. <laughs> so, and and, and that, that happened to me, you know, uh, suddenly. And, and I was amazed, touched by the power of the love of God in Christ. And then this plan started to unfold. This is like four and a half decades ago. And I'm here really to do that same that same thing, that, that same thing that my dad used to do for me. I know you're not ready to leave yet. You're going to stay for the potluck and all that kind of stuff. But before you leave, I want you to know something. God has a wonderful plan for your life. He loves you. Uh, that's what I want you to know. And in fact, I think that uh, we find that so clearly in the ministry of Jesus because when he introduced, and there's so many ways that you can summarize God's intention, what is God's intention for his people? His, his intention for his people is to really to soar. And that's why I'm inspired by my next graphic here, to soar. Look at Isaiah 41, for example, where this ministry of the coming Messiah is predicted. And, uh, and, and this, by the way, and I, I, I'm, you Bible students, you will already know this, but when Jesus started his ministry, he went to his synagogue back in his hometown in the city of Nazareth, and he sat down in the rabbi's chair, and he took the scroll, and he found in the scroll the place where it was written, and he went right here, Isaiah 40. Well, no, not right here, actually. Forgive me, I've scrambled. The old man made a mistake here. But this is a summary of God's intention for you. He wants you to fly. He wants you to soar. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. We'll get back to Isaiah 61 later. This is Isaiah 40. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They will mount up with wings like eagles. So, you know, God wants us to fly. He wants us to soar. He wants us to be free. He wants us to enter into the fullness of the pleasures that are there at his right hand and to be deeply satisfied in him. That is God's desire for his children. That is God's desire for you. He, he wants you deeply satisfied. He wants you filled with the pleasures that can, can be experienced only in intimate communion with him. And he wants you, metaphorically, of course, for those of you who fear heights, it's only a metaphor, don't be scared. We saw the other day a travel channel or something, and some, they were somewhere on, on the beach, and this guy straps on a parachute or whatever behind a really fast boat. It was up, 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 up in the sky. Pat said, I'm never doing that. I'm never doing that. That is so scary. Uh, I said, oh, dude, I am so there. I want to fly. I want to fly. When we were first uh, in ministry together in our first church down in the country in Iowa, we had a beautiful spot, this iconic country church setting, bell tower, white church, little parsonage next door, the driveway where it goes around. In the backyard, lots of garden. Um, Room for the kids to play. Place for Jennifer to get stung by bees. <laughs> things like that. All these wonderful things that happened back then. But when I was out in the backyard, I was um, just so amazed and struck by these, these, these birds of prey. Out here in the country in Iowa. Finding, I, I mean, I, seriously, I don't know the science. That won't surprise you of this. But they're finding these columns, I, I take it, of, of warm air, whatnot, and everything. It's, it's instinctual, and they know precisely how to find that upward current. And it would appear that they're defying gravity because there's no effort. That's why soaring for me is preferred. I want to see myself as soaring, not running and walking, which is a part of that verse. Those things involve effort. There is a skill, though. I want to just soar, man. I want to soar. Yes, I want to be high. I want to be high in the arms of Jesus in the sky, uh, gaining new perspective and experiencing ever more degrees uh, of uh, pleasure in him, satisfaction in the God that saved my soul, the God that I love, and freedom, freedom from any influence of dark forces, and this is God's intention for me. And this is God's intention for you. I won't string together tons of verses. We'll just let that be enough. So we have a dilemma that we have to deal with, just a little bit. And the dilemma is, I want to fly, I want to be free, but I keep falling. I keep falling. I, I keep struggling. I don't know what it is. There are these patterns in my life, patterns of thought, Patterns of behavior, I lack control, I struggle with addiction, I have anger issues, I've got things going on in my soul that shouldn't be there. All of a sudden things come pouring out of me. I wonder where in the world did that come from? That's not me. That is not the sort of thing that God's children should be talking about and thinking about. And yet, we learn, as much as we want to fly the fetters lay hold and cause us, instead of upward spiral, we find ourselves constantly in repeating patterns of downward uh, behavioral issues and so forth. Emotional state, sadness, depression, whatever. 
all kinds of ways that the dark powers intrude into this life of ever-expanding holiness, love, purity, beauty, freedom. And uh, so it's a dilemma, and, and, and seriously, it raises a question, why is that? Why do we continue to struggle? Now, this, this is a multifaceted question. It goes very deep, and we're not going to get to the fullness of that answer here today, we're looking at just one dimension of the struggle of humanity to be free, okay, from the effects of the fall, to be free from the effects of the dark powers that are in the world. So all I'm asking you to do here today is to consider that one of the factors that, that really is practically impacting your ability to be able to fly and soar and be free in the things of God and in, in the presence of God, one of them is, and here's where the bad news comes in, we have an enemy. This is a dimension of spiritual reality that people don't often talk about. They don't like to think about it. Um, and I don't blame them because it's kind of a heavy thing. This is kind of a fantastic worldview, isn't it? This Christian worldview that's based upon on the Scripture. In this worldview, we have God, and we also have Satan. We have demonic powers. And, and that, in, especially in the popular culture, in the popular world, in the culture at large, is a very big pill to swallow, as it were, and many people may fancy themselves as unable to believe it. So let me just clear the ground just a teeny bit, and I want to explain not everything about this. I'm not going to answer for you today. Those of you who are philosophers and who are taken with you know, the problem of evil in the world and all of these kinds of things, we can't get to the depths of them, but... I want to just mention a couple of things that could indeed be helpful to you, and one of them is, is that evil is not a thing. It's not something, and it isn't created by God. Evil is a result of wrong choices. Evil is a result of wrong choices, or the harm that comes into the world as a result of wrong choices that have been made. Satan fell from heaven having made a wrong choice to put himself in the place of God, along with hordes of uh, supporting spirits, we don't know the number, who have, in fact, organized themselves in submission to the evil ruler of the powers of darkness, that is Satan, and given their allegiance to him rather than God. Wrong choices, wrong choices. So in the history of the world, wrong choices. In the Garden of Eden, wrong choices. You can eat from all of the trees, don't eat from that one. Adam and Eve made wrong choices. They disobeyed God. From that flows all kinds of havoc into history. Bottom line, evil is real. It exists. Satan exists. The demons exist. Now, if I want to look for some way of supporting my thinking in this regard, um, how is it that I can possibly... I mean, I'm a 21st century man to some extent, really more of a 20th century man. <laughs> I've survived into the 21st century uh, by the grace of God, I suppose. Okay, But how in the world can you actually accept a worldview and embrace it as your own and really believe it when it's characterized by all of these ancient theories about sort of, you know, the spiritual realm of experience. And I'll tell you why. Just the bottom line, the thing that I default with, 
too, is because that is, in fact, the worldview of Jesus. Now, I love lots of literature. I love literature that really does illustrate and cast light upon the struggles of humanity. Um, some of it is, you know, Tolkien, for example. I love Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, all those kinds of Christian authors who write in such a way, and it's all fantastical and so forth and whatnot, and it's fantasy. And yet, there are principles that underlie these kinds of things and so forth. Um, and all of that does strengthen my uh, embrace of this Christian or biblical worldview. But the, the thing that I can't get past uh, and would never allow me to abandon this biblical worldview is the fact that Jesus, who is my Savior, entered the world. After all, he created the world. He is the ultimate authority on spiritual matters, and he has embraced a worldview that is very, very uh, plain, plainly committed to this idea that, yes, evil exists, Satan exists, and demons exist. And that's the good news. I'm thinking of the Gospels. Yeah, I like all this literature and whatnot, but I love the Gospels, and I've been reading the Gospel. Well, I'm reading through the Bible every year, as you know, and right now I'm in the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Mark is one of my favorites. So read the Gospel of Mark. Read, Just read. You're looking for a thriller. You're looking for action. You're looking for just one encounter after another. I mean, you read the Gospel of Mark. It is thrilling. And what's thrilling about it is, is that you can see, okay, just getting a sense of any of the Gospels, but especially the Gospel of Mark, because it's fresh in my mind right now. Jesus comes forth, okay, in the incarnation. He's born. He lives a sinless life. He launches his ministry. The first thing that he does is encounter evil, right? He goes out and, and is tempted of the devil, and he defeats the devil in that encounter in the wilderness. And then when he enters into active ministry, one after another, he encounters demonic powers. And it's clear, and he even states it, and this is what I was trying to get to earlier when I made my big bumble and got you on the wrong scripture, that he came for the very purpose to set people free. That's why he came. He came into the world to set us free. Now we can go to uh, Luke 4, 18 and 19, which is quoting from Isaiah 61. And here, the Savior sitting again in that, in that seat, and I have a picture of that in my head, and maybe that's what made me rush to it, because we, a couple of years ago, got a chance to go to Israel, and one of the things we did was we visited these ruins of ancient synagogues that were actually functional in the time of Jesus, not too far from Nazareth, Capernaum and all these areas in Galilee where Jesus lived and worked and taught. And, and uh, I sat down in one of those seats. <laughs> it's sitting there where, where the, the person who was teaching would sit, the seat of Moses. And Jesus sat in the seat of Moses, and he took the scroll, <laughs> and he opened it up, and he found the place in which it was written. This is from, again, a direct quote from Isaiah 61, he's describing to the folks, this is why I've come, this is who I am. He has sent me, he's talking about God, sending the Messiah into the world to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is the very reason why Jesus Christ came into the world. So this is really good news. Good news for those of us who are oppressed. Oppressed. 
And all of us have times in our lives or situations and circumstances to one degree or another in which we find ourselves under the oppression of dark powers. Listen, Jesus, here's the good news. We have a Savior. And Jesus has come to set us free. I'm just painting with a broad brush here. So much so that John, the beloved disciple, again, summarizing the ministry of the Messiah, the reason that he came forth into the world to do what it is that he has done and continues to do, is stated by John. This is is in 1 John 3, verse 8, and in the second clause, he says in particular, articulating the reason the Son of God, he's talking about Jesus of Nazareth, appeared, that is, was manifested in the world. He came forth to destroy the works of the devil. So that, my friends, for all who are entrapped in any of the schemes or deceptions of the evil one, that is good news. We have a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus of Nazareth who came as the Messiah in concert with the ultimate will of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, from before the foundation of of the world to set you free. And believe me, today... You can be free. You can be free. Now you might be thinking, free from what again exactly there, Bob? (laughs) Free from the oppression of dark forces. Listen, we live in a world that has been touched by the presence of the evil powers. Jesus confronted those in every single day of his life, and so do you. Open the newspaper, what have you. The results of wrong choices are all over the universe, and we are entailed in many of these results. It could very well be that you struggle, I don't know, with your thoughts, with your behavior. You struggle to overcome temptation. You're caught into, in, in addictions. I mean, perhaps you have a, a, a tendency to, to do evil, to harm others. Maybe it's just a matter of control. You don't know how to resolve conflicts in any kind of constructive way, but you just blow up, whatever. And that's a pattern of conduct in your life. Can I tell you, a lot of people would say, well, you have an issue and and so forth, and, and, and they would be thinking more in terms of a developmental issue, or they might be thinking in terms of a psychological issue, et cetera. And they might be thinking of you as potentially uh, someone who could be benefit from, you know, like psychoanalysis or psychotherapy or whatnot. Perhaps you need insights about your family of origin and what daddy said or what daddy didn't say. And I'm not putting this down. Because many of our issues come from the failures of support and emotional uh, connection and so forth in in, in our family of origin. I'm talking about the harm that comes to you, not as a perpetrator of evil, but as a victim of evil. You may very well have been abused even as a child. And and this whole thing is not yet fully healed, as it were. And, and, uh, and, and And it's somehow just suppressed. In, in your subconscious mind. But those are the very kinds of things that the devil uses as kind of entry points, okay? 
your vulnerabilities based on things that maybe you haven't perpetrated, but things that have been perpetrated against you, where you have been wounded and where this, this wound is not healed. All of these kinds of things become access points, if you will, for this outrageous enemy who is a complete pretender, by the way, because through the blood of Jesus Christ, even in fulfillment of the original prophecy, Genesis 3.15, who said concerning the serpent that the seed of the woman, that's Jesus, will crush your head. You will wound him, but he will crush you. You will be utterly destroyed. And that decisive blow has already been delivered when Jesus went to the cross, but Satan is still on the loose. We're between the times, okay? The decisive blow has, in fact, been delivered, but we're in the cleanup operation, as it were. And there is, by the will of God and out of his patience, for the ingathering of millions and millions of souls until Jesus comes, a period of time in which Satan, he's on a rope, but he's still active, as are his demons. And his intention, and Peter calls him, he's a roaring lion. He's the predator, and you are the prey. Your family is the prey. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your family. Believe me, he wants to destroy communitas. He wants to destroy me. But he can't. <laughs> as we'll see in a moment. He can't. You can be free. Now, I have a twofold practical the question is how? How can you be free uh, from the effects of the fall and the, and the ravenous intentions of uh, the evil forces to bring destruction to your life? How can you be made free? And that's what these next three weeks will be uncovering in very practical ways. I hope you'll come back. I hope you will allow yourself to be exposed to more, to more of this teaching. But I do want to give you an indication in terms of where we're going. Now, I made the point that the very nature of, nature of evil is not, it's not a thing or something that God has created, an entity in and of itself. But it is an inevitable result of Free agents, okay, having made wrong choices. You know, when God created uh, the universe and when he created humanity, obviously he, he designed things in the way that, that he wanted to. And he did not want cowering dogs, you know, following him around. He didn't want, he didn't want robots, automatons, or whatever. Freedom is something that he wanted his agents, that is, those humans that he was creating, like across time, he wanted us to exercise our will in making right choices. But we have made so many wrong choices, and the world is so filled with darkness and entry points for the schemes of our, uh, of our enemy as a result of that. So generally speaking, okay, the way to get ourselves in that upward spiral, the way for, to, to retrain 
shed the fetters to get those feathers growing out there and to retrain our instincts and our abilities to find those warm columns and to soar into the pleasures of God ever and ever more, more to, to be satisfied ever and ever more deeply satisfied in Jesus Christ. The way that all happens is when we start, and today we're going to start, to make right choices. We're going to reverse the curse, okay, which came from wrong choices by making right choices, in essence. So this is somewhat nuanced, but I, I just want to give you a biblical verse. This, this is just the one thing, okay, and this is just, again, it's introductory to this whole subject. But that next uh, verse, if you will, please. That's pretty simple. That's from James. If you want to look that up in your Bible, that's from James. Read the whole context, verses 7 and 8. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is there another phrase there? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. How do you resist the devil? Well, you own your authority. You own your identity. You, you uh, acknowledge to yourself and to the evil powers, okay, something like what I'm, what I'm about to say. Okay, I belong to Jesus. I am a child of God. God loves me, and he has a wonderful plan uh, for my life. So I'm turning against the evil powers and saying to the evil powers, I mean, this is, this is something that I have decided to do. I'm going to take a stand against evil in my life, and I'm going to say, stop. Get back. you got no place in my life whatsoever, devil. That's what I mean about owning your identity as a child of God, standing your ground against the evil forces. Stand against the evil one. I mean, say things that are true about who you are and about who he is and about what God has done in Christ. Jesus died for me. He shed his blood for me to set me free. I don't belong to you. I belong to God. I am set. It is for freedom that Christ has set me free. So get back into your hole, Jack. I mean, you got to be like Lee in the song and set yourself free. You, you've got to drop off the key and set yourself free. And drop the key into your own pocket for once. Understand who you are. Exercise the power that God has given you in Christ. Take a stand against the schemes of the evil one. And that works very well. Yeah, I'm almost done. I've told you this story before about right after I was saved, man, I came out of a lot of nonsense and crazy stuff. And there was a whole lot of demonic stuff floating around uh, my life. So the way God helped me to see the importance of taking a stand against evil and I've heard similar stories, believe it or not, is he gave me a dream. I was a brand new Christian, like I'd been a Christian for like less than a month for sure, maybe like a day or a week. And the dream was, I'm running downstairs, the evil is pursuing me, and I'm you know, going into a basement, into another basement, into another basement, into another basement, looking for protection and uh, fleeing from the forces of evil in my life. And a voice, as if it were the very voice of God, stopped me and said, Son, turn around. 
you face that evil power. Tell them who you are. Take authority over that evil. And so in obedience uh, to the instruction of, of God, instead of running, running, running down, down, down into the darkness and into the deep and into the cellar after cellar after cellar and no place to find any door behind which I could, I could hide, you know, there's a saying, and it's a very true saying. You never find that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you got. <laughs> I had no other place to go. Where shall we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Will you also leave me? Jesus said, no. You're all we have. Jesus said, turn, turn, and tell that enemy who you are. You tell him to get his hands and his plans off you. So this is just an introduction, and there may be someone here. I'm speaking now mostly to Christians. Christians, do you think that somehow because you went forward in 1958 or whatever, <laughs> or 73, or you know what I'm saying, that you had, you filled out a card, you made a decision for Jesus, what have you, did you think that that absolutely now it's exempted you from the reality of spiritual darkness and warfare? Because that's a mistake. You may never even have opened your heart and your mind to the idea that some of this stuff that's going down in my life, some of these patterns, okay, are strongholds. This is biblical terminology of evil, okay? I mean, just a simple thing like, how do you handle anger? Do not let the, the uh, sun set on, on your wrath. Okay, Don't go to bed angry. Seriously. Because in doing that, I mean, this is just practical wisdom from the New Testament. Just look it up. You're going to give the devil a stronghold in your life, a foothold. We don't want to help the devil destroy us or destroy our family or destroy our relationships. You know what I'm saying? Just be conscious of the fact that the stuff that's going on in your life, okay, it's not all about heredity and psychology. This is a spiritual domain in which we live. This world, this world is inhabited by evil powers. But we can be free. We can be free by trusting in Jesus, by calling upon his name. And that's why I want to end simply, uh, once again, I want to remind you that I don't know, I've been a pastor for 41 years, and I am privileged to be able to say that we have some folks that are prepared to help you. Um, some of them aren't here today, but we've got a few folks that, that have uh, taken uh, responsibility, and they will meet with you, they will help you, they will take you through this kind of inventory that will assist you in, in I mean, if you're, if you're at all convicted or concerned or interested in the possibility of getting some help, these folks can help you. And Joel is one of those people, Joel Keller, George and Kathy Abaddo, although I don't think they're here. Is George here? George isn't here. Kathy's not here. Sue Brennan is one of those people. Scott Hoffman is one of those people. And Mike Gary is one of those people. Have I left any of those people out? This is our team of counselors in this whole area. And they will be very glad 
uh, to sit down with you and take you through this inventory called Steps to Freedom in Christ. I hope you'll continue to consider that as we proceed through the month on this very important topic. But now let me just address myself very briefly to the person that may be in the room who has never, ever opened their heart to Jesus Christ. Remember I said wrong choices and the results that have flown, uh, flood, flooded into the world from wrong choices can only be reversed by making right choices the most important decision that you will ever make is to reach out to Jesus to call upon his name. So I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to pray in a second. And if that describes you, you've never taken that initial decision to cry out to Jesus for help. Today is your day. Today is your opportunity. I hope and pray that someone will avail themselves of this opportunity. I will say secondarily that by doing this, that is texting that word, it's really a conflated conflation of two words, free me, all in caps. Just take your smartphone, type in F-R-E-E-M-E in caps, free me. And you send them. And this is the way you have to begin to make a right choice, to take a stand, activate the truth, okay, that you have heard today, and take a step toward freedom. Your first step. And it's a great choice. It's the best choice that I've ever made in my life is to reach out to Jesus, to call upon his name, to own him as Savior and Lord. Uh, here's the deal. Text that word, F-R-E-E-M-E, -E, to this number, 555-888. You'll get an automated response, and you'll get some guidance on how to further respond. But that's a place to start. And I really want to help you today. I want to help you in the days to come. Our whole church exists for the purposes, purpose of helping folks find Jesus and to find freedom in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. So we've got a great group of people that are here to pray for you, to pray with you. And as I pray, just take your smartphone, text free me to 555-888. You take the slightest move toward God toward Jesus in faith, just calling. He hears, he responds, he knows, he cares. He does love you, and he does have a wonderful plan for your life. And if you want that life for yourself, or more of it, then just text free me to 555-888 and do that right now, and I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to invite our musicians, please, to come forward, and our elders to please come and gather at the table because we're going to serve the communion and celebrate the ground of our redemption. Here is the reason that we are free. It's because of what Jesus did. He is the solution to the problem of evil. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much uh, that we can be free. I pray, Lord, that you would just set us free. Help us to see where the devil might be tempting to create a foothold in our life, in our church, in our family. Uh, wherever it might be, to be sensitive to these things spiritually, to be aware of the battle that we are in. Give us great victory today and so, as we celebrate the, the foundation of our freedom, which is in the shed blood of our Savior Jesus Christ, who died to set us free. He came to proclaim liberty and to set the captives free. So give us ever more freedom, ever more joy in your holy presence. In Jesus' name, amen.